0: Hi, I'm Clark Dunn, your host of the Beyond Rockets podcast. Huntsville, Alabama is primarily known for being the rocket city because of its close association with the U.S. space mission. But Huntsville is so much more than that. Huntsville is home to many high tech companies, entrepreneurs involved in interesting startups, talented creatives, and much, much more. My goal is to introduce you to some of these individuals that are taking Huntsville beyond the rocket. This episode is sponsored by FowWow Design. Fowlwell Design is a local clothing brand focused on bringing hometown freshness to shirtless souls. They offer creative t-shirts, hats, koozies, and so much more. I love FowWow Designs because of its ability to make something so familiar so fun and exciting. From my like Big Spring Ducks and I cannot lie to Eggbeater Jesus, you are bound to find something for you. Check out their website today at fowlwelldesign.com. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond Rockets. In this episode, I sit down and talk with Ben Schmanki, a local full-time YouTuber whose channel Authentech has smashed over three hundred eighty thousand subscribers. First off, thank you for taking the time to sit down and talking with me. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do?
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Um, so yeah, I'm Ben Schmanke. I run Authentic YouTube channel and uh, been doing it full-time for about six years now. And I try wow. to create authentic reviews of tech. That's where the name comes from. And so uh, it's a super wide net. I do everything from drones and action cameras to big screen TVs and uh, GoPros and... Uh, so, I mean, uh, uh, electric Everything. scooters, <laughs> yeah, and all the fun tech stuff. Yeah.
0: Are you originally from Huntsville, or did work or family bring you here?
1: Okay, so yeah, family uh, brought me here. I'm originally from the Chicagoland area, and then uh, my wife and I moved over to San Diego. We were there for a couple years, uh, loved it, but just got really expensive and a few other details, and so then we came over to here to Huntsville just about three to four years ago. Uh, we had some family that moved here, and so... Um, yeah, we really like it. Love the Huntsville area. Prior to starting YouTube like six years ago, what were you doing for work? Okay, yeah. So before YouTube, I studied film in college. And then um, and then what did I do? Oh, I did a lot of freelance. I kind of started a, a business called Schmanky Media. <laughs> and so I had uh, commercial clients and just small little brands that I'd make you know, videos and promos and website stuff things like that I did some photography did some cool real estate drone work and things like that and um, and I was always into the tech camera scene and researching products before I buy them and stuff like that and so that's kind of kind of how I got started into the YouTube spaces I just started making YouTube videos on products that I was going to buy you know for fun yeah. and
0: um, and then uh, yeah so that's kind of where it came from I guess So the skills that you – I'm assuming the skills that you learned in school and the kind of the work you were doing uh, prior to YouTube helped prepare you for the YouTube scene, recording videos yourself, learning how to edit. What kind of skills Mm. did you not know when you were working on that, like the freelance stuff that you had to learn when you started doing YouTube was the – editing differently was the kind of talking to the camera something you were used to or or, or what kind of things did you have to develop over the time great question yeah there's so many things to hit on one is i was always
1: used to being behind camera i never thought of myself as like on-screen talent you know (laughs) i didn't like being on camera now just over years of practice you just kind of learn to care less about how you (laughs) look and sound and uh just kind of get over that and care less about what other people think and um Uh, and then, uh, so I've gotten a little bit more comfortable on camera, but I'm still working on that. I feel like every single video I'm practicing, becoming more authentic on camera (laughs) and genuine and be myself sort of thing. Um, and so I think that's a muscle to, uh, strengthen that I've been working on over the years. And then, um, and then regarding like editing and shooting when you work for clients, it's so funny because You know, it's like they have expectations and goals. And uh, if I'm making a 30 second, you know, Facebook video for them or their website, that is so different. And uh, on making a review video on a product, and so um, I've been trying to something to learn is like retention that's one of the key metrics on YouTube. And so editing and shooting and storytelling based upon the retention of the audience, and you want to hook them and hold them as long as possible, as we've talked a lot about before. And so um, your editing has to change. And it's funny, I also run an Instagram and TikTok and those sort of social platforms to kind of complement each other. And technically, you should be editing a little bit different for each of them Mm -hmm. because your audience is different. And so trying to understand who my audience is and their interests and um, yeah, a lot of struggles along the way. Uh, But that's what's one of the things I love about YouTube is that... um, you're constantly adapting and having to
0: pivot and change your mm-hmm. strategies and, um, yeah, stuff like that, I guess. So when you first had the idea of starting your YouTube channel, was it because you didn't see somebody doing reviews like the way you thought they should be done? Or did you think you could just do it better than the way they were doing it?
1: Yeah, I think definitely, um, a little bit of both. I think if I was researching a product that I wanted to purchase, and then I, I looked on YouTube and it was like, oh, there's no reviews of this product or there's just a couple, but they're not done right or well. Mm-hmm. Um, like, hey, I'm going to buy it. Like, let me review it anyway and try to add value to the audience, to the viewer um, so that they can help their purchasing decision and stuff. So that's kind of
0: where it was all rooted. So when it sounds like w- like when you finished school and you kind of started doing your spanky media as like kind of your freelance stuff that kind of like the entrepreneurial journey, was something you started off really quickly. Is that something you always thought you were going to be doing? You always thought you were going to be working for yourself and that's what you always imagined as your career path? Or is that something that kind of over the years you started developing that skill and that interest? Yeah, definitely. Uh, from
1: from as long as I can remember, I mean, young teens, uh, I've always had the entrepreneur mind. My dad was an entrepreneur and had his own business, and so maybe that played a a big role in it. But um, I love the idea of building a business and being your own boss and that sort of thing. And so um, when I was young teens, I was part of this, uh, uh, I think it was Borsma group. I don't know if anyone knows that. It (laughs) was like an online, it it was even kind of pre-web. It was more like call in through a a telephone into, like, a conference call and talk entrepreneurism, Hmm. and, um, yeah, it was just crazy, and I mean, I was really young, and then, back then, I always loved, uh, playing with video, too, so I'd borrow my dad's camcorder, or I bought this old, like, DV something, (laughs) and, uh, would play with stop motion, and just make videos for fun, so I think that's always kind of been in my DNA of, like, growing a business and the entrepreneurship, but then also, like, making fun videos and,
0: um yeah, that content creation game, I guess. Yeah. So when you first started your YouTube channel, was the success just right off the bat or how, how quickly, how long did it take you? And how many videos did you, did you put out before you started kind of seeing traction and seeing the, the like, I can do this full time kind of? Yeah. Um, I wonder, I don't know how many, in the
1: beginning, it's very slow growth. It's definitely a grind. It takes a lot of patience. I think Sean can always calls it a marathon, not a sprint. And, Uh, You know, that is so true. So I remember I did a few Android Auto or Android uh, Smart Watch videos and um, I think a DJI Phantom or video. I don't even remember, but it's just very small numbers. And you're like, let me push this out to Reddit and this forum and try to get as many eyeballs on it Mm -hmm. as possible. And then, um, so it was very slow growth. And I think going into it, knowing that it just had to be for fun. And that's authentically... I don't know, I guess how I got into it is I was yeah. just having fun and trying to add value and stuff. I know a lot of people want to get into the game for just making money, and most YouTubers will tell you, like, don't do it for the money, cause <laughs> Yeah. as soon as, you know, you might not get those numbers, or if you do, that doesn't bring satisfaction yeah. either, um, and so it was slow growth in the beginning, and then uh, it was back in the, the big one, I don't know if you want
0: to jump yeah, into yeah, that, right. yeah. but... The, I mean, like you're like looking through your channel. I mean, there's a lot of different videos that you can see like the your most popular video and then kind of throughout the, the six years you've done it. One of your most popular videos was a video that came out almost six years ago and it has over 15 million views. Uh, tell me a little bit about that video and just the kind of the, the, the moment when you started seeing it kind of explode. Yeah, that was so fun, man. I
1: wish everyone could experience it. It was, uh, you know the first kind of big viral hit that I had—that uh, it was all on the hoverboard, mm-hmm. and uh, I think everyone here, that's you know, knows the popularity of the hoverboard craze. And so, uh, by God's grace, and the timing was just right because you'll you'll see the timing and topic is. Uh, Always has to be kind of like the stars have to align perfectly. And so I started seeing hoverboards starting to just get a little popular with the bigger YouTubers. I think Casey had just gotten one and uh, Jesse from Prank vs. Prank just got one. And I saw a couple filmmakers get them to like use it as like a steady cam. And so I took the risk of just buying one. I think it was Amazon or something. It was a few hundred bucks, but I was thinking like it was going to be a filmmaking tool. And uh, but then once I got on it, I'm like, man, just the. I don't know if you've ever been on Mm -hmm. one, the feeling of the hoverboard and that self-balancing Segway feel is just so futuristic and cool that it like self-balances you. So anyway, I'm like, hey, I want to make the first review. I remember
0: clearly searching for like hoverboard review and there was just like nothing out there. Well, I guess crazy to think about now because like, I mean, if you Google hoverboard, I mean, you're going to have, you're going to be flooded with tens of millions of videos of hours and hours of content, very specific content and very For different brands, different kinds, different audiences, different uses. But at the time, I mean, to see nothing, I mean, did you just, did did you, was it scary to think that, oh, maybe this isn't the time to do it? Maybe I should wait till someone else has already done it. Mm -hmm. Or were you like, I'm gonna jump in and be the first person to do it? Yeah, I think that was probably it. It's like, I just gotta be the first. I just gotta get into it. And I probably had
1: no idea, like, I wasn't, had any expectations the growth that it would Mm -hmm. have or the return on the investment. But it was just kind of like, hey, these things are cool. No one's done it. Just kind of like, let's put one out there and just see what happens. Yeah. And that's what a lot of YouTube is, just like putting it out there and see what happens. Yeah, and, and so, uh, yeah, I put it out there. And I don't—I think I have a journal somewhere of like the results and the numbers. <laughs> and my wife has a really good memory. But I remember it just started cr- like flying up fast, especially when you have a small channel. Like yeah. any numbers are yeah, really can like, exciting. How, can, how is this many people yeah. seen this video? So I think with the, when it hit the first million, that was like – just so cool because how quickly did that like i don't remember i someday i'll have to pull up my analytics and make a video on that and stuff um i think that'd be fun revealing all the data and the analytics behind a 15 million view video which is crazy it was crazy and then to think it just kept going and going and uh we were very blessed that was the big turning point in the youtube game was like wow this can rev this can generate
0: a lot of revenue and influence and yeah. opportunities through just one video and, i mean like that video not only did it bring you a lot of views and get a lot of traction i mean i'm assuming it probably brought in a lot of subscribers too at that point it brought in a fair bit not as many as like you'd think i don't remember
1: exactly what my sub count was before and after yeah. i need to like burn those into my brain but <laughs> uh i feel like i gained like you know some thousands but it wasn't like Oh, you got 15 million views. That means you got a million new subscribers. Definitely wasn't that. (laughs) and uh, Because a lot of people, they're just searching or it's probably recommended. Oh, that's cool. Hoverboard video. Then they click the link to maybe buy one or watch someone else's video. I don't think it converted a lot. And then back then, I also didn't know, okay, now I got all these new subscribers. How to like... um, Something I regret not doing is doubling down. Uh, I sort of kind of like made some follow-ups, but not... I could have made like a twenty-part series on like, <laughs> hey, here's like hoverboards to stay away from because remember they're blowing up. I didn't really do much of that. I just kind of continued doing more of what I was originally yeah. doing. So, um, but yeah, it was a huge blessing because that's what opened my wife's and I's eyes to the YouTube game mm-hmm. and the views and the money
0: and stuff like that. And we're like we need to go all in yeah. on this
1: like because it was just tinkering with it for fun before yeah. that
0: so when you so when that like video became so popular and you guys saw kind of saw the success was that the moment you went full-time for youtube mm-hmm. and so like were you balancing both were like how often were you putting out a video when you weren't full-time was it like once a month once every a couple weeks yeah probably once every
1: couple weeks or okay. something um, i could be totally wrong but that's what i think it was and then when that one started just kind of blowing up we we're like okay we need to like take this serious like really go all in there's so much cool potential here and if you think about YouTube six, seven years ago, it was a whole different game than it is now. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think I really started phasing out a lot of my just business clients for my own freelance work. And, uh, you know, I think the Lord Missy was still working so we could kind of pay the bills because, yeah. you know, besides that one video, it's not like your next one's going to get a million <laughs> views either. Right. But it's definitely a quantity game yeah. and trying to put out more,
0: um, after that. So you talked a little bit earlier about your not really being originally from Huntsville, but kind of living in those bigger cities, like in, like in San Francisco and stuff like out in California. Do you think that living in Huntsville has hurt or helped your growth as YouTube as many of the YouTubers that are like the really popular ones are in LA and New York? Yeah, that's a great question. I do miss, I,
1: we lived in San Diego and it was kind of North side. So we were maybe only an hour outside of LA. And as most people probably know, most of the biggest YouTubers are New York or LA and, um, Yeah, I had some cool opportunities to do collabs. I remember YouTube invited me something to their main studios. DJI invited me to this cool, you know, live drone event. And from where I was, it was just an hour drive. It was not bad. And uh, that was one of my biggest fears was uh, moving over to Huntsville. Mm -hmm. It's like it's it's something like when you could take a drone or a scooter and you put it on a beach and palm trees like it just looks cool
0: it already it already has it's already on the trending page Yeah,
1: it's selling itself (laughs) like you know your shots could be kind of poopy and they'll still look good so i'm like is huntsville gonna our brand's not gonna want to work with me and but I guess it's great. So, like, I didn't see any slowdown. Like, it's just continued since then. Huntsville is beautiful. We have some, you know, smallish mountains and yeah. lakes and stuff like that. So, you can still get pretty B-roll shots. And I feel like at the end of the day, it's all about the story and the personality and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah. The one thing I do really miss, though, is, like, I've kind of grown some friends on youtube over the years and most of them are out there in la and it'd be
0: fun to just meet up and do a collab and it's kind of hard when they're when they're miles and miles and thousands of miles away from you um i couldn't like you talked a little bit about some of the events that you were able to go to and some of like i mean i guess being in the tech related scene i mean you're in the tech scene you're reviewing products you're getting products uh you're testing things you're buying them yourself whatever that might be yeah you've been able to go to some pretty cool events and probably meet some really cool people what are some of the coolest people that you've met YouTuber wise that, mm. that kind of, or it's like a, like a shocking moment to you that you like, you just, you didn't imagine you would ever meet this person, but you're at an event with them and talking with them.
1: Yeah, there was, so two of the big events were, um, CES, I've been to CES, that's a big consumer electronics show in Vegas. I've been there a couple of years. That's just really fun. Cause all the tech brands are there and you get a hands on and talk with those, you know, brands uh, PR people, stuff like that. But then there's a lot of content creators there too. So I got to meet, uh, like, uh, I think it was Dan from what's inside and, um, uh, Jerry rig everything. I got to interview him. He's a really nice guy. And, uh, I met Casey, I met, uh, Sean Cannell interviewed him. So I got to meet a lot of cool people at CES. It's a fun event. Mm-hmm. And then the other big one that was the best of the best was sony camera camp and that was a couple years ago i was super honored to get invited to that and it was just all these creators playing with the sony cameras (laughs) and we had uh workshops and stuff And there i got to meet a ton of cool creators like i justine and jenna and uh man a long list of all these cool creators that i feel like i'm still you know sort of friends with today Mm -hmm. and you've kind of built that relationship from one event Um, but it's just so cool and weird when you, you know, you, you try to connect with the person through the screen, but then when you actually get to meet them in real life, it's like a whole different thing.
0: I mean, when you're at those events and you're meeting these, um, other well-known, uh, YouTubers that have had, that have amassed millions and millions of subscribers, have you ever gotten to like a a moment where they recognized you or they like, Hey, are you the one? Like, aren't you, isn't your channel this? Or does that happen often at those events? Or does it happen even in, in Huntsville now? Like, do you, you go Mm -hmm. places and people are like, Hey, like, don't you have a YouTube channel? Like, I think I've seen your videos. Does that happen often? <laughs> uh,
1: not too often. I feel like, like at the camp, there was a few people uh, who knew my stuff and that was actually really exciting. Like, Oh, you've seen my stuff? Like I watch stuff? <laughs> like cool. I didn't know that. Um, and then there's, uh, and then every once in a while here in Huntsville, I'll get someone who maybe, you know, recognizes me. And if you guys ever see me, like come up and say hello. I love to chat yeah. and just hang out. Like, I don't ever want to be that person. Like, oh, I don't want to bother him or something like come on up and say hello. I love meeting people. I was playing volleyball a couple of weeks ago and a nice gentleman I was playing with was like, Hey Ben, like I know you. I've, I watch your, <laughs> I'm like, really? He, you know me? He, yeah. <laughs> and it's so fun being able to like, cause on the other side, you got to think about it. I just like click upload. And then you see this little counter of views and it's just like, Oh, okay. Like those are just views, but you forget that those are like human eyeballs yeah. on the other side. And so to actually get a meet, the, the person who get to watch your videos and, and then I like to ask them like, Hey, what do you like? What don't you like? Yeah. You know, stuff like that. So
0: it's cool. I love meeting uh, people who watch my content. that's Awesome. So I, I want to read a little bit of your YouTube stats. Um, and then kind of have a up a question So looking at your YouTube uh, channel as a whole, um, you have over a hundred uh, million views mm-hmm. on your YouTube channel. Um, you have over 387,000 subscribers and your most viewed video has 15 million views. Mm how much of that success over the last six years would you contribute to being in the right place at the right time? And how much would you contribute to your hard work? Mm. I mean, all glory to God and like praise uh, him for that blessing. Um, Without him,
1: obviously, I don't think any of it would happen. I think, um, yeah, a lot of it is right time, right place, but um, there's a lot of strategy involved And like, you know, because a lot of people think, oh, you just make videos, but like before a product comes here into the studio, there's been hours and hours of my own research into making sure like the brand and the product is somewhat reputable or has good reviews mm-hmm. already. Uh, cause I get that question a lot. I do. What happens when you get a bad junky product? Well, hopefully that doesn't happen very often because yeah. I've done my research now. Obviously there's some things that like there it's pre-release and so you don't have any reviews. You're the first to review it. And so, um, that happens every once in a while. But, um, I don't know. I feel like uh, we talked about it a little bit. It's quantity game uh, mm-hmm. in the YouTube and the social media space. Like I, I'm currently about one to two a week, which uh, I think is it's a lot of hard work. Yeah. I'd love to consistently stick with two a week, maybe even a little bit more to add into the hopper, so that mm-hmm. if I'm out sick or something, I can still uh, keep up with that pace. But um, I, it's it's uh understanding trends you know like uh if you're able to see like oh this fidget spinner this looks really kind of cool like these things might to start take off if you're the one of the first to make content on that 15 million video hoverboard whatever it is and so interesting yeah it's like understanding like market trends and um kind of like what tiktok is now it's like what are the popular or the smallish to medium guys starting to like trend off and then riding that wave just like surfing and then it'll die down and then you got to quick paddle out and get ready for the next wave yeah. and try to catch it on the front end because if you're in the middle or on the back end you're not going to really
0: get as much success mm-hmm. i don't think do you, so how much of like you're talking a little bit about the research behind your i mean there's a lot not just the oh i like this product and i want to review it or i go to best buy and i grab this product or order on amazon again in two days hmm. you do a lot of research um, how much of your time do you think is spent on research versus how much mm-hmm. of your time is actually spent recording videos? That's a great question. Probably, man, 50-50. Oh, wow. I
1: feel like, uh, yeah, it takes it takes a lot of time researching stuff. And, and we're limited by time. And so mm-hmm. there's a million cool products I wish I could review. And I get blessed with a lot of emails every single day. Hey, Ben, will you review this, 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 this? And like I'm having to go through all those emails (laughs) and being like, okay, is this this is lame? This is lame. Okay, this one might have cool potential. Now let me research it. Uh, Yeah, you get a lot of um, potential, but it's like figuring out what's wise to say yes, Mm -hmm. and then finding there's also a healthy balance of doing. um, Sarah Deechi claimed the like one for me, one for them. I kind of like something like that where you know authentic i i do all things tech and so sometimes i'll take on a product that you know i'm i don't think is going to perform very well on my channel but it's something that i'm personally interested in yeah. i want to play with it and stuff like that and then but then also understanding okay well there's all these viewers and subscribers now i have to like do some content that serves them that they yeah. kind of expect from me as well and so trying to find that healthy balance is it's tough yeah. but trying to find somewhere in the middle of doing things that i enjoy and then things that will get views and, and
0: help pay the bills <laughs> yeah exactly yep which is crazy. Sure. I, mean, I couldn't like i feel like being a youtuber it's like you're talking about the consistency you're just trying to put out content you're trying to put the work in needed to do it and we were talking about off air earlier just the like we, we both loved Casey Neistat's videos and just his ability to do the vlogs and storytelling. And like, yeah. he's recently talked a lot about his time he spent editing and the amount of work and like work life balance is a very tough thing for him. Do you find mm. that for yourself as just being a tough thing to balance and kind of realizing that there's a time and place to do the YouTube. And there's also a time and place to go to outside and hang out with your kids and yeah. uh, be with your wife. Like, do you like, is it a tough balance you have you've had to find over the last oh, couple yeah. of years? Yeah, for sure very tough
1: balance. Um, cause yeah, I have a wife and two little ones and, uh, I have a home office that we're in right now. And so it's beautiful that my work commute is nothing and I can <laughs> work in PJs a lot of the time. But, um, but yeah, sometimes when the little ones are like banging on my door and like, come on, you know, Papa, come out and play with me. It's like, and it's hard to turn that down, you know? <laughs> like, that and, sounds like a great idea. And yeah, it's a blessing and a curse. It's like, okay, well, I, I have this business that I run, this entrepreneur thing that, like, I have those freedoms, so, like, let me put down the work for an hour and go play with them or go for a walk or whatever it is. But then uh, the pressures of, like, if I'm not working, no one is. Yeah. You know, I'm the only one running this authentic thing. And so um, there's those pressures of, like, ah, like, I should it's a pretty day outside and the rest (laughs) of the week is going to be cloudy. Like I should be shooting content right now. Um, so yeah, it's a hard balance for sure. But I feel like we, I don't work. I mean, I feel like I work a fair bit, but I'm somewhere between maybe like 30 to, I don't know, 50 hours a week. Like, cause sometimes the weekends I'll work a little bit, but Mm -hmm. sometimes throughout the day I'll just put in a couple hours here, family time, a couple more hours. And so, Uh, there's a lot of freedom and flexibility, which is awesome. But the pressures of like constantly having to like, if I'm not working, no one's making videos Mm -hmm. and I have to keep up that consistency,
0: like at least one per week, maybe two. uh, That's weighs a little heavy sometimes. And I think, I mean, being in, being in the tech scene too. I mean, there's always things coming out. There's always Mm -hmm. new tech being adopted, new products being released. I mean, I feel like it's, like it's it's almost it's almost a tough thing to shut off it because like yes. even if even though like I don't do tech reviews I'm I love tech and I love being able to see tech and I think that's one of the things that like I see the most of whenever I'm on my phone and I feel like that's even twice as much for you that like shutting off the tech scene and what what is being an announced in tech it's like even if you're not in your office working you're probably still being bombarded with tech related mm. things I mean yeah. I, I feel like that that would be a tough thing um, looking at your journey and over the last six years of doing YouTube, uh, what is something that you wish you would have known when, when, when you first started that you know now? Hmm.
1: I mean, there's so much. Thankfully, back when I was, you know, six years ago, if you Googled, like, how much does a YouTuber make or <laughs> all these, like, strategies, there wasn't much out there. And nowadays, there's so many, like, like I said, uh, Sean Cannell's channel and Daryl Leaves, and there's these YouTubers who dedicate their whole YouTube, like, careers on, like, teaching others on how to grow YouTube, channel and stuff there's so many cool resources now and books um I feel like I don't know just the reminders of patience and uh you know it's a quantity game I know some people some youtubers will say like oh no it's all about quality like you gotta I think mr Beast Jimmy once said something like if it takes you five hours into like a five second clip like do it it's worth it they'll notice it and I don't know. I mean, he's on a whole other level. So I don't know if you can really like portray that stuff, but it's like, maybe you can spend a little extra time on those good quality parts, but I don't think it's just quality. I think it's definitely a quantity game because more and more, everyone's got smartphones and they're uploading. And so when I hit upload on a video, I'm competing against what, like a hundred billion hours (laughs) that's uploaded that day. And uh, a million other people who are trying to cover that same topic or niche, yeah. stuff like that. So it's it's high competition. For sure. It's, it's not for the weary, but I'm super blessed to be in a position of uh, having fun and play with tech and make videos mm-hmm. on it and um, just
0: trying to stay consistent and you know stay humble and all those things. So you talked a little bit about some of the YouTube channels that there are out that kind of give you advice about how you could start a channel yourself and how you can kind of grow and be successful on YouTube. What advice would you personally give to somebody who's looking at starting their own YouTube channel, um, but is kind of doubting whether or not someone's going to be interested in what they have to say? Hmm. I think a couple of things. One is a lot of people want to get
1: hooked up on gear, like oh, I don't have the right this or that. Well you know, we live in a day where like this thing right here, I, I probably shoot a lot of my videos and the B roll and stuff on a smartphone on the iPhone or whatever They record such good quality and you got triple double or triple cameras in it. So it's like, you've got three lenses in one and great battery life and, uh, stuff like that. So gear can't be your hiccup or preventing you to start. And then, um, what was the other thing I was going to say is just, uh, you have to add value, I think, is the thing. It, if you can do entertainment and education at the same, if your personality is, you know, is very comfortable on camera and you can provide value, well, then that's like the perfect marriage <laughs> of like a good video, you know. Um, and so knowing who your audience is and asking them, like, what do they want to see? And then if you're starting from super scratch, you kind of have to... uh really either set yourself apart from the competition in a unique way. Either you find uh, something that hasn't been done before, or if it's already been done a hundred times, you have to have kind of like your fresh take on it. Something that's new because if you're just trying to copy other people, then, you're not going to stand yeah. out. And I,
0: I think that's like one of the things that like, I mean, I, I watch a lot of uh, Peter McKinnon and stuff like that. And like the perspective is always something he talked a lot about. Mm. Um, like taking the picture and the perspective that someone else doesn't really see Like everyone's getting the top down view or they're up or they're going up at the, at the view, but getting that weird angles that the pr- perspective that the normal person isn't really seeing, but kind of is entertaining and kind of creates that entertainment for the consumer. Um, Looking over the last six years of your growth on YouTube, um, what do you? What are some of the goals you have moving forward for the next six years? And what and, and what are you hoping to continue to do more of? And hoping to maybe try that you haven't done before.
1: Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I want to just uh, survive. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like uh, talking about the competition thing. I mean, I stand back and I'm very honored to be in this position to think about like uh, we have a global audience or a global creator economy and there's thousands if not millions of people who want to become a full-time youtuber and so i am blessed to say that like i am a full-time youtuber but to know that like they're all they're not necessarily competing with me but like you can't stay um what's the word you can't stay like stagnant right because you'll definitely die if you're not like adapting and Mm -hmm. pushing forward and so i uh I don't want to ever become just like complacent. That's the word. Yeah. I don't want to be complacent or too comfortable. And I have to be changing up my storytelling techniques and shots and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I want to stay fresh and um, I want to serve my audience well with like providing value and entertainment and um what's cool is over the years i've been able to see like more and more brand deals and opportunities come through but to think that i've just barely scratched the surface since the tech world is so big yeah and there's like a million other brands that it'd be really fun to work with someday and um so that's kind of exciting is that mm-hmm. like there's really no ceiling and so i want to stay faithful with what i have and just kind of go one day at a time um and uh yeah and have fun with it too because at the end of the day I remind myself like you're just making videos for online (laughs) and there's a lot of hard work into it, right? But like you're not uh, doing heart surgery or something (laughs) like I'm not saving lives over here. I'm, uh, you
0: know, just making some fun tech videos. And I I think that's like the balance you kind of have to get as you like start having the success and over your success too over the last six years, you have to find the balance of creating content that the consumer likes, but also content that it brings you value. Because at the end of the day, like you said, if it's not, if you're dreading doing this video because you, but you know, it's going to be successful that if you're dreading the work put in for the video, then you're just not going to enjoy it. Like you got to enjoy mm-hmm. the process every single yeah. day. The process is, I mean, like you said, you're just pressing an upload button and you're waiting and you're hoping. Yeah. Um, you can only do it so much work, but if you don't like the hours you spend editing on Final Cut or recording the same clip in the same angle 14 times because you can't get the right sun to do this or that or whatever it might be, then, I mean, you're just not going to enjoy it every single day. Even if it is your home office, you're not having to go anywhere. You're just not going to enjoy it. That's right. Definitely just enjoying the process. I think Gary Vee always talked about
1: that as, like, enjoying the journey. And uh, and thankfully, you know, I've always loved making videos. Mm -hmm. And so kind of reminding myself to get back to the roots. Like, you're just making uh, videos. And I think it'll shine through exactly what you're saying, is that, like, if I'm dreading the product or the video, like, That'll probably portray through oh. the video or, you know, how I come off on camera or something like Definitely. that. And so, um, just having fun with it and
0: again, staying fresh and stuff like that. How can people connect with you and support you in what you're doing? I mean, obviously they could, they could go to your thing, but what are some of the best ways to kind of engage with you on a daily basis?
1: Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Find me on YouTube. Just search Authentic or Ben Schmanki. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all under at Schmanke that's my last name, Benjamin Gee. And mm-hmm. um and yes, shoot me a DM if you have any questions or anything. My my number two social platform is Instagram. That's the one where I post stories of behind the scenes and mm-hmm. we're hanging out today, filming a podcast and stuff like that. And um and then I'm always looking for uh potential help too. So if there's any creatives who are listening to this who are in the local area that wanna either like collab or hang out or shoot videos or ride electric scooters and do cool drone shots stuff like that i'm always down for meeting new people
0: well thank you so much uh for sitting down and talking with me it's been great learning more about your journey on youtube and the growth you've had over the years and i continue to look forward to the success you'll have on youtube for years to come
1: yeah thanks so much for having me man and make sure any authentic followers here make sure you subscribe to this podcast and uh yeah i'll see
0: you around man Thank you for listening to another episode of Beyond Rockets. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, as well as you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Beyond Rockets to stay up to date on the new episodes and the events that are going on in Huntsville. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed.